Welcome to Oncology Data Advisor. I'm Kara Smith. Today I'm here with Dr. Jason Mwabi, who is an assistant professor in the Department of Breast Medical Oncology at the University of Texas MD Anderson Cancer Center. So in light of Breast Cancer Awareness Month, it's obviously important to recognize that breast cancer is not just one disease, but that there are many subtypes. Would you like to explain a little bit about all the subtypes? So this Breast Cancer Awareness Month, uh, it's very important to talk that breast cancer does not come in one flavor. Breast cancer actually has multiple subtypes. Um, and uh, those different subtypes have different prognosis, are treated differently. And it's very important to highlight that breast cancer does not come as one entity. So generally, uh, there is three categories that uh, we discuss with patients that it depends on the receptors of the breast cancer. So sometimes we call the cancer hormone positive, uh, hormone receptor positive, sorry, sometimes we call it uh, HER2 uh, positive, and sometimes we call it triple negative if it doesn't express the hormone receptor or the HER2 receptor, it's called triple negative. But we can go to another layer of differentiation, and that's based on histology. So the bulk of breast cancer, 80% of breast cancer is uh, uh, what we call invasive ductal carcinoma. So those are the ductal cells that are becoming cancerous. The ductal cells are structural cells that form the, uh, the ducts and the nipple to take the milk from the breast outside the body. And this is the most common histology that we see in breast cancer. However, there is also uh, up to 15% uh, to of breast cancer, we call them invasive lobular carcinoma. So they, those are coming from the lobules. Uh, the lobules uh, are the cells that produce the milk in the body. Uh, so they're different than the ductal cells. Uh, and there is a third group that, uh, that is smaller, it's about up to 5%. It contained uh, an entity called mix. Sometimes you see a mixed picture between lobular and ductal, and sometimes there is another entity we call inflammatory uh, uh, breast cancer. So these are also important. And uh, the, the doctors, the that they, they have their own advocacy group that shed the light on that. Me, I am a lobular expert. And I like to speak about lobular because it's a very important subtype that is not being uh, talked about enough and then that, is not, that has not been studied enough. Uh, so lobular breast cancer is 15% of all breast cancer. So it's already equivalent to that of triple negative and HER2 positive. So triple negative, that is about 15% of breast cancer are triple negative and around 15% of breast cancer are HER2 positive. And those are studied on their own, but yet lobular has been historically always grouped with ductal and studied as one entity. And here lies the main problem. Because whenever you enroll patient uh, without certifying by histology, well, guess what? Most of the patient will be ductal on those studies and the conclusion we get from those studies are gonna be driven by, this, by the ductal patient. And the lobular patient, even though even if they don't benefit from a certain therapy or from a certain recommendation, they're going to be obscured and lost between the, all the ductals that are, that are over there. Uh, but right now, lobular, finally, because of nonprofit organizations like the Lobular Breast Cancer Alliance, we are shedding the light more on the sub, important subtype of uh, breast cancer. Because this year, the American Cancer uh, uh, Society anticipates 44,000 new breast cancer, new lobular breast cancer cases in the U.S., which makes it the sixth most common female uh, female cancer. It's already double the incidence of ovarian cancer and cervical cancer. So it's very important to study it. It's very important to get more answers to our patients. Um, so lobular cancer, why is it different than ductal? Because it has a hallmark uh, in lobular, which is the loss 
of a very important anchoring protein called E-cadherin. If you want to think about it, E-cadherin is like a, a small protein that goes on the surface of the cell and interacts with E-cadherin from other cells, so it's kind of that holding hand. So the cell is anchoring itself to the environment. Lobular loses that. By, by this loss, lobular cancer tends to have a peculiar growth pattern. So if you think about ductal cells, because they have this anchoring protein, cancer grows like an, like an onion. So you have one ring followed by another, followed by another. So you can feel a mass. So when you feel the, the ductal uh, cancer, when you feel it in the breast, you can actually feel a mass. Whereas lobular, because this anchoring protein is lost, it grows differently. It grows in a single file pattern. So each cell gives a cell, gives a cell, gives a cell. So, the, so by this peculiar growth, uh, lobular cancer does not always present as a mass. And that's why we always tell patients, sometimes breast cancer does not come, does not present as a mass. And that's because of the lobular patients. Because uh, lobular, like we said, grows through this line, streaks of cells, and not through this mass that you get that discrete mass. So it doesn't distort the architecture of the breast. That's why it can be easily missed. And that's why conventional screening imaging, like mammograms and ultrasound, often miss it mislobular for that reason. It's because those cells are very small and they're growing in streaks. And so it's important to find better imaging for lobular. It's important to better understand lobular. It's important to raise awareness. And also because of that feature, most lobular cases are diagnosed very advanced. So if you look at, um, at the stages where lobular cancer are uh, being diagnosed, most of them are diagnosed stage two and above, whereas ductals, Nowadays, with the screening tool we have, a lot of them are diagnosed as stage one. We want to take the lobulars and, and be able to screen patients earlier with better detection tool and identify them when they're still stage one, when you can really impact the overall survival of those patients. Now, so this is something about detection uh, and a little bit about uh, lobular, but also now when we talk about the treatment of lobular. So we know we have enough studies nowadays that lobular cancer do respond well to endocrine therapy. Lobular cancer, 95% of them are driven, driven by uh, the female hormone. So they express the female hormone receptor, and that's how they feed. I always tell my patient, having cancer is like having a car. Cancer by itself cannot grow without something feeding it. Something has to feed it to grow. Something has to be the fuel, and the fuel are those, are those female hormones. Well, you can lower those female hormones by taking an endocrine therapy, what we call in layman terms, the anti-hormone pill. So those work well for lobular. However, <clears throat> still some patients, like in doctors, need something else. The only something else we have nowadays is chemotherapy. But for lobular, we still do not know which patient can benefit from chemotherapy. We know that there is a subset that will benefit. We just don't know who will benefit. The reason being is because throughout the year, they developed some testing to be able to identify which patient can benefit from chemo and which cannot. I will name one of those tests that is commonly used in the US, we call it the Oncotype DX. So this one, this is a tool that lets us know the stratified patient between high risk versus intermediate and low risk. And the high risk patient, this test predicts benefit from chemotherapy. But this test was not made for lobular patients. Again, for the same reason as before, is that they allowed all histologies to join and the bulk of the histology was ductal. So this test was really validated for mostly for ductal, because we have now a myriad of studies that look back in time and found that for lobular patients, this test failed to predict recurrence, failed to predict benefits of chemotherapy. Yet, it is still being used for lobular patients. And 
we need a new tool to better stratify the uh, better stratify the risk of lobular breast cancer, which patients are at high risk for the cancer coming back, which patients are at a low risk, and have the appropriate therapy for those patients. And for that reason, I decided to dedicate my career for the study of uh, uh, lobular breast cancer. I want to really study it at the genomic level. I want to study it at uh, the transcriptomic level, so at the expression level, at the protein level, proteomic level, and at the tumor microenvironment, how the tumor is interacting with its surroundings. Because only then, when we understand it at those levels, we can formulate hypotheses and then test them, and hopefully find new therapeutics that can make uh, lobular cancer history. And that's why I decided to join where I am here today, like at MD Anderson, because I truly believe that in this institution, I can make I can make this happen. And I joined this nonprofit organization, uh, the Lobular Breast Cancer Alliance, which advocates for the need to study lobular and for the need for research funding and able to uh, achieve our goals. Great. Thanks so much for sharing more about your research. It'll be really exciting to hear more about it in the future. Thank you.